Door Guys, episode 31. This is Davis. And Vinny. I'm Andres. And today we have our uh, newest door guy. Uh, Vinny, what's this guy's name? Uh, Ty uh, Walsh. <laughs> Hello. I remember today. Thanks for remembering today. <laughs> I uh, was eating an apple right before we started this, and I told Ty, uh, because one of our earlier podcasts that he was on, anytime I eat an apple now, I just stare at the core like I'm a uh, huge wimp because um, he told me about a man that eats the apple core at the end of the apple. My dad. <laughs> it's disgusting. Well, his dad's a big hulking man, so that doesn't surprise me. I've never done it. I, I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> you got to salt it, too, and then I'll, go, I'll go right That's down. disgusting. You've never salted an apple? No. My dad salts every fruit. You know tree. about that, right? You leave me out of this. <laughs> I, do, I, do. I don't know why I thought you'd be a salty apple I, guy. I but do it. I salt my apple. Yeah, watermelon. Yeah. You salt your apple? Yeah. Put lime juice on it too sometimes. Mm. Now, they do you say lime juice? That's yeah. getting okay. outlandish. Well, that's, that's just to keep it fresh for a picnic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that and new I, voice you hear uh, on the podcast is our guest for today, Chris Covey. Good uh, afternoon, fellas. Welcome to the show. This is, uh, it's strange to sit here in the stands like where the people are. <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I get why, why you just sit here and stare blankly at the guy in front of you and cross your arms. And <laughs> yeah. Right. With your stern looks and with your laugh. knees, with your knees touching the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys read my rider, but I was supposed to have a big and tall table. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, they're in the back and we don't have that long cable anymore. So you're stuck down here with us. All right. I'll make do. <laughs> well, we usually ask this question last, but we're going to try and keep it a little more clean. So I'll get it out of the way first. <laughs> what is the strangest place that you've ever uh, dropped a deuce or I got taken a number two? Uh, Rumple Dumple Stiltskin. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right out of the box, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Comes out firing. You know, I suppose it, it's nothing exotic. Uh, it hasn't been like, you know, accidental on a golf course or anything. But, uh, <laughs> That'd be weird. I did. Uh, one time I went in, it was a fancy wine bar somewhere in, in the old market. And it's not there anymore. And I was with a group of people and I see my brother there and he's a couple years younger than me. And he was there with another group of people. He didn't know I was there. And I see him going to the bathroom. So I went into the bathroom and while he's urinating, I slid behind him into the stall and then started taking the most aggressive <laughs> movement, <laughs> like lots of noise. And then I like made a fake phone call and I'm like, I'm like, Oh dude, you're not going to believe what's going on here. And I, and then I, I finally, I hear him leave. And so then I leave a few minutes later and him and his whole group of friends are staring at the door, <laughs> right? Because he's come out and said, dude, you guys aren't going to believe what's happening in there. <laughs> There's this guy like wrestling a bear or something. He's, I think at one point I went, there it is. Uh, and so I walk out and he looks at me and he just dies laughing. He's like, you know, oh man. But uh, so I don't, I don't even think I actually dropped a deuce. I think that was just, uh, I think it counts though. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Is that why that wine bar is not there anymore? Because yeah, <laughs> it got a reputation. People always go in here and make weird noises That's in the bathroom. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. My second question is, uh, how did you, when did you decide you wanted to be a lawyer? <laughs> uh, so I, uh, yeah, for those of you who skipped the introduction part of this, uh, <laughs> I am, a, I am a comic and a lawyer, uh, not the fifth door guy on the podcast. <laughs> not yet though. Ty's showing me, uh, the dreams come true. We'll, we'll let anybody work here. <laughs> uh, so I, I was in, I was in undergrad at Drake university 
and was starting, I started comedy there. My, my comedy career has two chapters. So I did it for two years there. I worked at a club called Noodles. You guys remember the Noodles? They were tied to all the spaghetti works. There was one in Lincoln, one in Omaha. Oh. Um, the down, at the upstream right now, the downstairs at the upstream used to be a comedy club oh, called okay. Noodles. And they had one in Des Moines next to their spaghetti works. And so uh, I started working there and then I uh, took the LSAT and was ready to go to law school. But the guy I was working with, the guy that run, ran it was like, hey, I got this tour planned. You want to go with me and open? And so I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And it's June. So I have to make this decision now. I go to lunch with my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, at this Chinese restaurant. And the fortune, which I still have, that I got after my meal said, you would make a good lawyer. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Years later, I would accuse her of planting it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, no, I, I think I decided that like probably my sophomore year of college. But, yeah, it was a, it was a near miss. I almost, I almost became a road failure. <laughs> so, I, I've always heard about the Spaghetti Works rooms. But Noodles was also a room. So, so they had two comedy, Noodles and Spaghetti Works? No, Spaghetti Works was a restaurant, it's and a then restaurant. it had Noodles Comedy Club. Oh, okay. So sp- Noodles was the comedy yeah, part spaghetti of Spaghetti Works. Spaghetti is a noodle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how they got there. There's lots of kinds. <laughs> I thought you meant that Spaghetti Club or Spaghetti Works was like the A Club, and then they had no, their no, no. Noodles Spaghetti Works side. served the pasta. Then they had the Rigatoni karaoke bar <laughs> next door to that yeah colleen had mentioned to me before that there was like a spaghetti works night but it must have been that noodles is what she was talking yeah about, so. yeah it was it was down the old market and uh, i think the room I, I performed in that room a few times it was a fun little club but very different than than you know an a club like this right uh so you said you started comedy before um you decided to become a lawyer when did you get into comedy have you always been into comedy or uh, not really. I, I remember in college, there was a table tent on like the mess hall and it said, have you ever wanted to be a stand-up comic? And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I've always been the class clown. I think I want to try that. And so then this guy that ran the club came in and like taught eight of us over a series of weeks, like the nuts and bolts of it, how to write a joke. Then he'd work on the jokes with us, what to do with a mic stand when you walk on stage, all the stuff that people now just go have to flub through in an open mic. Right. We kind of got some guidance on. Uh, and so I, then it ended in a contest, which I got second in. Uh, the guy that won it now runs Second City Toronto, so I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> you okay went, with losing to him? Yeah, he was. It was a good loss. It was yeah, a good yeah. Loss. Um, but the manager of the club, the guy that ran it, pulled me aside and he's like, "Hey, I think you got a lot of potential, and you want to go do this." Uh, and then I went to law school and promptly quit telling jokes, uh, <laughs> and then started up again about eight or nine years ago, I guess, just midlife crisis, and started kicking around and. And one day, one day, the funny bone God's shown upon me. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense now, because I, I had no clue of your backstory, but I was here your first Clash of the Comics open mic night, and, and you, you hit the stage, and you won, and you killed it. I'm like, man, where did this dude come from? How does he have such a polished set already? And to kill it like and that. And the stage presence, too. Yeah, the, the first stage time I ever presence, saw you, your yeah. stage presence is very... I was well, just like, there's, I mean, you stood out way above everybody else in that clash. And I'm like, how? And this makes a lot well, of sense. Well, I had a huge head start in that regard. But then I'd been doing open mics and showcases for like two or three years um, around Omaha. And I was like to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to... My wife's like, ah, this is neat, but what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, that's a fair question. So I'm like, I've, I've got to try to get into the funny bone. If I can't make it there, it's time to, you know, call it quits and, yeah. and move back into my grown-up life. Uh, <laughs> and I, But I couldn't get on a clash because they weren't very often back then. Mm-hmm. And they always fell on a night I couldn't do it. And then, so I'm like, there's got to be another way into the club. And so Heather Jones, who everyone loves, yep. like gave me the whole roadmap. She's like, 
start going to the club, be known there, buy drinks, be nice to people. And eventually one of your friends will be on on a night. You can squeeze in a guest set and that'll be your time. The next day I was on a show with Nick Allen, uh, the missing kitten, uh, Dusty Stell and uh, uh, Jack Comstock's old show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Nick came up afterwards. He's like, hey, man, that was a really good set. There's a clash this Thursday and they just had an opening. And I was like, okay. So all gotcha. of Heather's great advice. Yeah. Out the door. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking <laughs> about at all. No. <laughs> but, but Heather was the host of that clash because, and I've told this story to many people, Richard Reese was headlining that clash and he was about to film a special. So he was going to run his special start to finish. And I was the second to last comic. I went up, they were all like, you have to meet Colleen. No matter what you do, you have to meet Colleen. Well, she's standing up in front of the booth. I see her there with some guy, this little short guy in sweatpants, uh, who I thought was like a food runner or something. I walk up and I said, hey, Colleen, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. And she's like, oh, yeah, you had a great set. And he thought you had a great set. And I was like, okay, whatever, little guy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the last comic gets done. Heather goes up and says, before we get to your headliner, we have a real uh-huh. treat. The headliner uh-huh. for the weekend came in early. Please welcome to the stage, Carlos Mencia. Yep. And the little dude in sweatpants goes and walks up on stage. <laughs> so I totally blew off Carlos Mencia <laughs> and didn't even realize how cool it was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was just going to say that. It's so cool. Yeah. And now you know that was a really noble thing to do. It was. Well, <laughs> actually, by the end of the night, when he did a one hour and 10 minute guest set and oh, bumped on Richard entirely. Top of the clash. On top of a yes, clash. Yes, I remember that night. Yes. It was It was one of the greatest nights of my life because uh, <laughs> uh, it opened the door to this place. Uh, and then now I'm here. Oh, that's crazy. So, that's the night you started was that Yeah, that's the Carlos Mencia night. Huh. Yeah. Well, but you packed, packed house. It was one of the best clash crowds I've oh, ever yeah. seen. The, the, I mean, and they had no clue Carlos was going to be here. Right. I mean, they, they just showed up for the clash and then they were treated to Carlos's entire set. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. This, yeah, that, that Saturday, he was on stage. I feel like he was going to go until his plane left at like three in the morning. Yes. It was like one <laughs> thirty in the morning. People had walked the show. I mean, he walked so many people. It was uh, when he started bringing back the other guys up on stage, yes. like his openers, like he had two openers with him. and He brought them back up and was just doing random stuff with them. And it's just like, OK, you realize everybody's leaving, right? Apparently wow. he didn't. He, he didn't care. You had been doing. So before that clash, you had been doing three years of pretty steady mics and showcases and stuff. Well, it would really come and go, right? There wasn't a ton of opportunity back then. There was the, uh, I mean, Barley Street. Then there was the, I think Cameron talked about Styles yeah. Pub downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That one actually wasn't always terrible. You never knew what you were going to get. Sometimes there'd be 10 or 15 civilians in there, which makes, that's, as you know, at an open mic, that makes for a great open mic. Yeah, yeah we'll take that. That's, that's, all, a big you, that's all you need, yeah. Um, and then one time it was me, uh, uh, kill Theodric and Heather Jones, and we just did each other's sets. <laughs> and, uh, awesome. and, and, awesome. and Kill's jokes about buying drugs from white people are way funnier when I tell them. <laughs> <laughs> so that means he got to do Heather Jokes children jokes? Uh, Kids jokes? Yeah, those were weird. Uh, <laughs> when, he, when he was talking about the, the sound it made after the eighth one. <laughs> uh, it sounds like what you're. It sounds like what you're saying is you were ready. I mean, you were ready to host. Like when you did one, or you, at least yeah. to start down that path. Yeah, no, I was to the point where I'm like, if I if I'm not ready now to do five minutes, then it's probably not going to happen. And and when younger comics ask me for advice, I'm always telling them, look, your first shot at the clash is your best shot at the clash. You're better off waiting and waiting and then going up and blowing the doors off because you'll get another chance if you don't if you don't win. But once they see you. That's who you are. Yep. And it's hard to undo that. 
and, and it's, it's happened. People have gotten a lot better. Three, six, nine months later, they come back and they win That's another true. clash. But you're never going to get a better shot than your first one. Yeah, we see I, the progression. I like, that, I like that you say that because I get comics that ask about, you know, like a year in and stuff. But I didn't do a clash till I was four or five years. Like I was, I don't know if I was ready to host, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That first one, I'd already had a bunch of time in to polish it as opposed to having to go up your first year and do the clash 10 times and right. then see your whole progression. And I would and go, I would it. go to open mics and showcases and do the same jokes, the same five or seven for four months at a time. Like I was one of those guys. I wasn't just shotgunning material, trying to write a bunch of new stuff. I wanted to get the stuff I had perfect. So when I went up and did that set, that set had been, was already old. Yeah. Uh, the first time I stepped on with the clash, there was no new jokes. Um, so, um, and, and a lot of people at the open mics were sick of it, but that's what I was there for. Well, and Ty, you won your first clash too, right? Yeah, I yeah. tied with somebody here. Right. But, but basically yeah. what I'm saying is if anybody is curious how you make it through the clash here, listen to these two guys. They, you've got years of doing the grind ahead of it. And then as soon as you hit the stage the first time, you both won. Right. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's tempting, though. You, there's a lot of clashes now, maybe at least pre-COVID. You know, Daisy was having a couple of months, it seems, at some point. Yeah, we were doing one a, once a month. Yeah. And so, you know, at you're least. a younger comic. You go, you get a few jokes, and you're like, all right, let's go. I'm ready to do this. And uh, chances are you're probably not ready. Uh, but yeah, you may or may not win. Depends on who's with not you. want to get to that. I could see where you just want to get that good stage time, yeah. you know, have a good crowd to just do it. But yeah, I was like him where I, I had a five that I'd already done a shitload Crap load of times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I dropped you, it. You didn't even say it up front. I don't know if that was intentional or not. No, but uh, I just forgot yeah. to say he, it. You, yeah. you hinted on it. Yes. Did I? Yeah, yes. you said while we were doing the uh, the, num- the weirdest uh, number two joke or yeah. place. Well, no, so I, I these guys asked me, well, actually, I asked them if I could be on the podcast a couple months ago, and I said, but here's the deal, guys. Uh, you know, my comedy's clean, and I want to share this with all my friends and family, so if I come on, you guys have to, you guys can't swear. And then they were like, okay, cool, yeah, we'll do that. And then you didn't call me for a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of prep. So I actually thought, okay, they're, practice. I thought there's not, they're not cool with that, and that's fine, that's their show. And then, uh, and then I got the call. I don't know how many cancellations you had over Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Only six. Only Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, I feel a little better. (laughs) Only half dozen. So that's why, that's why these guys are doing their best to keep it clean. Uh, Except for Ty. That was not bad. It was not bad. That's why I'm not talking. Do you remember? (laughs) Andre's just keeping quiet. Yep. Do you remember who you would have been on with that clash? I was just curious if some of them are still around. Uh, Steven Smith. Um, There was a kid who's the younger guy from Lincoln who moved to Austin. Oh, shoot. I remember because he was, he had a whole bunch of friends and family here and they were great. Um, but no, I'll bet I'll bet there was a few others that were on. I don't remember exactly, um, but yeah, it was and a good time. Stephen was I, still around when I first came around. Yeah, he was funny, man. I don't know what happened to him. I think he had a kid or something, but he was great. Life, life yeah. will do it. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that night. What I remember vividly was getting up, and even though I'd done shows in rooms before, getting up there with these lights. Like now, I've been to so many clubs and so many places, it doesn't phase me. But I still remember these lights because you can tell it's the first sign of a comic who's not ready is they walk up. And they visibly react to the lights. And then sometimes even worse, they say something about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing says green faster than, wow, this is bright up here. <laughs> that and my other favorite phrase, 
Ah, uh, what else? Yeah. Uh, I love man. that one. <laughs> yes. Like I can see the judges just put their pencils down when a comic goes, like, what else? Uh, like you had five minutes, man. You should you know what else. That. Yeah. <laughs> that and but, we're in a contest. They spend the first 45 seconds just saying, Hey, give it up for your host. And you know, yeah. aren't these guys great? How you guys hey, doing tonight? You have five minutes. Make them laugh for five minutes. <laughs> right. Get right. to it. Well, that yeah. light is bright. When I started working here and I don't know if you intentionally do that to everyone, but they, Vinny took me up on stage here and mm-hmm. shined the light in my eyes so that I got the perspective of you guys on the stage. So I know that you can't see anything out there pretty much because it's right in your face. Yeah, you got the front, you got the first row, and then after that, it's dark. And so that way you can see what it looks like when you get hit with the light. Because right. a lot of comics will want a light. Give me a, a flashlight at five at, at, when I got five left, when I got 10 left or whatever. And a lot of times I'll say, Oh, I didn't see the light. And it's like, well, you weren't looking for the light because if you're, it's crazy because you've got those bright lights in your face, but that little flashlight pierces through everything and you can see it clear as day. And whether I'm shining it at you, I'm waving it or whatever, you can see it. So for, yeah. and I've heard you guys brief all the comics and say, this is where the light comes from. Cause sometimes yeah. like I'll be in a room with somebody who hasn't worked the room before and some other club and they're like, Hey, do you know where the light comes from? And I'm like, Oh, that's a really good question. Like I just assume, <laughs> I just assume I'm going to see it when it comes on. But yeah, if you don't know where yeah. to look, yeah, yeah. Well, there's headliners that all the know, time, all the time, all the yes. time, yeah. and then they go 25 minutes over the time. And Colleen's like, "Where'd they go so long?" I'm like, "I don't know. I lit them." Yeah. Well, if you're a headliner, you know when you're 25 <clears throat> over. You might not know if you're five over, right. but you yeah. know if you're 25 over. Well, and I was going to tell you about the uh, the bright lights. Daisy and I <laughs> have gotten so tired of hearing about it. In our so before the clash, we do a little speech, a pre-show speech of mm-hmm. you know this is your time and this is when you get your light and blah blah blah. And she said, we we say now, don't say anything about the lights. We know they're bright. We don't want to hear it. Don't say anything <laughs> about that. And before we had the curtains up there, it was don't make any jokes about the pole. We're tired of hearing jokes about the pole. Now it's don't touch the curtains. A comic put them up. We don't know how stable they are. Just leave the <laughs> curtains alone. <laughs> <laughs> And my other advice to new comics is don't wear a red shirt at the funny bone stage because those reddish oh, curtains, that's good yeah. advice. Make it look terrible. And once people realize that that's all they can focus on is how weird your shirt looks against that, that red backdrop. Like wearing a green shirt on a green that. screen. Hmm? Like wearing a green shirt on a green screen. Yes. Well, a floating head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the reason I know that is because I was up here one night and it was like an off night, uh, maybe a fundraiser or something. So it wasn't like a full blown paid crowd. And I get a text. I looked down at my timer and I see a text from my wife who's in the showroom. And I'm like, well, this is strange. <laughs> and so I picked up my phone and I'm like, my wife just texted and she doesn't do this. So let's find out what it's about. And I look yeah. at it and she goes, and I just went, oh, she said my red shirt looks terrible up here. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody cheered. <laughs> my wife got an applause break. <laughs> That's why she comes up. Oh, she's way funnier than I am. I will tell you the number one way to watch Chris Covey on stage is sitting next to her (laughs) because it's like a director's cut. Like as I'm going through, she's like, that didn't happen. I gave him that joke. He's making that up. (laughs) (laughs) Is she, is she honest with you? Like if you, if you have a, you know how comics are a lot of times they're, Oh, Hey, good set, man. But I mean, if, if you have a rough night and you notice, she's like, yeah, she rough. doesn't. She doesn't need to. I'm not one of those that like. Or, the one thing about comedy is you don't look to her to. No, and she won't. I mean, it, yeah. it's one of those things that it's the only job in America where your feedback's immediate. Yeah, you don't have to wait for your quarterly review. You don't have to wait till the end of the night and read the comment cards. You get real time feedback on whether you're doing well. 
So if my set doesn't go great, I know it didn't go great. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't say good set to comics if they didn't, because I feel like it's patronizing them. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, no, I didn't. And now you're just talking down to me. Right. Yeah. Like l- literally because I'm I love you for yeah, talking so down to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kobe is one of the tallest uh, comics that we have on yes, the stage. Yes. Uh, I think that's a bad open micer thing. Everybody yeah. just good just, set, good set. No, it wasn't. But, <laughs> no. but, but there needs it's to like be another good answer in Family Feud. Yeah, it was like good answer, good answer. Like no, it's a <laughs> terrible answer. <laughs> I, there should be another phrase though, because you don't want to say good try. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I want you good to try. say that. I yeah. like that. Make good that try. your thing. No, I <laughs> stand in the back. To good try. You'll get him next time. Good try. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I saw, I saw what you were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but failed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like your effort. <laughs> Good hustle out there. I'm going to give you what we call an open face compliment sandwich. Uh, your shoes are tied. You're terrible <laughs> at comedy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, one of the strangest or worst gigs we always like to ask since we, as door guys, deal with... Um, patrons of our place <laughs> getting crazy i think colleen said someone last night passed out at their table i think both you guys were really you worked someone passed out a lady passed out at our table i must be a bad door guy <laughs> <laughs> i never saw that well she didn't pass out at the door and that's where i work <laughs> he just stands there <laughs> i might have been eating chicken tenders when that happened <laughs> We got a uh, employee of the month over here. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's going for him. Uh, no, I I think probably. I mean, there's plenty of like, you know, you go to some small town, or I do a lot of corporates, and you go to a corporate, and there's a bunch of old people, and they're not into it, and it's in a brightly lit hall in a VFW. But I've actually made my peace with those, and there's a way to turn those shows around, and, and everybody has a good time. But the one that sticks out, I was doing, uh, I was I was not getting paid. It was a volunteer thing for a local nonprofit. And it was at Memorial Park. No, uh, what's across the street right behind you and O? Elmwood Park. It was in Elmwood Park outside. And I had like my sound system there. And there's like three picnic tables full of these volunteers. And behind them were the LARPers. Like the like the people oh, with the pool like the, noodles and yeah, the yeah. fake swords beating each other, live yeah. action. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, so I'm. It's a bad setup. Everything about it is a bad setup to begin with. And then I'm watching these people totally distracting me. And I was just watching. I'm thinking, man, even the most reformed bully is going to stop <laughs> and, and and beat on one of these kids. Uh, there, oh, it was so funny. At one point, somebody was throwing like foam peanuts and casting spells <laughs> and I'm trying to tell jokes about my kids. I'm like, everybody just turn around. This, <laughs> this is way more entertaining than what I got to tell you. Be quiet, fair jester. I'm trying to kill this man. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the funniest joke of the set. That's awesome. Oh man. I feel like you, I feel like I heard that story. You may have. I, I think, you may have. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, that when you first said that, I was like, they, they were doing what? Yeah, no, and I actually had a bit about it for a while, and it never, I never loved it, so I, I stopped doing it. But uh, yeah, it was that was a crazy show. Um, I did one in Lincoln. I do actually talk about this one on stage sometimes, where I walked up as a corporate, and it was for a tire company, and these people, it was like middle of December. Uh, I walked in. There's empties on every table in every like 
the entire room is just full of empty glasses, shot glasses, bourbon glasses. These people started <laughs> drinking in like October. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and it's a loud room, which is good. I'll tell you, you walk into a room, uh, especially a corporate, if there's some noise some volume, that's a good sign. You don't want the quiet group of accountants and you're like, okay, this is going to suck. But <laughs> I get up there, the guy brings me up and I get no more than my name out. And this woman at the front table just grabs an empty Bud Light bucket and vomits in it. Oh, just throws up <laughs> like yeah. the front table. And I'm like, okay, here's what's going to happen now. They're going to apologize. They're going to get this lady out of here. They're going to clean her up, take her outside, and then I'll go on with my act. That's not what happened. <laughs> After she gets done throwing up, the entire room went, Tammy! <laughs> Good old Tammy. <laughs> there she goes. And some guy in the back yells, who had 707? <laughs> they were betting on when Tammy would throw up. <laughs> That's awesome. What yeah. business was this again? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, so then, so then I said, okay, I got to know because I do so many of these corporates. I'm like, uh, who's in charge of HR? And they're like, oh, that's Tammy. <laughs> so, so I work there now. <laughs> that's that's why you're not around here so much. You're yeah, busy yeah, working I, your part time, busy selling tire parts or and, something, and drinking with Tammy. Yeah, drinking with Tammy. <laughs> I don't even think the place sold buckets of beer. I think she, <laughs> she brought, brought her own. <laughs> I think somebody brought the bucket. That's resourceful. Or maybe she's sponsored by Budweiser. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any questions, Vinny? Well, I'll ask uh, Billy's uh, favorite question to ask. So, uh, obviously, you've done charities and, and stuff like that. So, do you remember your first paid gig? My first paid gig? Yeah. When oh, you were like, now man. I'm a comic. I got paid for actually telling these jokes. Oh, uh, you know, that's, I should, I should. It would have been like 50 bucks to do some bar show or something like that. I'm not, I don't remember that nearly as much as I remember my first road feature weekend. Mm. That, that's a big jump for okay. a host is to go to another club. You might get to feature at your own club sometimes, but to get asked to go and feature somewhere else, that was the first time I was driving going, okay. And it was a, like a crappy Thanksgiving weekend, Tulsa, Oklahoma. There was an ice storm. And it was the night of, uh, of Bedlam, if you're a college football oh, yeah. fan, no. Oklahoma, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. Oh, okay. So it was terrible crowds, and I had the time of my life. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, staying in a condo and, like, you know, I show up. I don't even tell people I'm a lawyer. And I just, like, the, all they know is, oh, this is a comedian from Omaha. Yeah. And, that, and that was really cool. Um, awesome. Who'd you open with? Do you remember? That one was, uh, I don't want to spin my wheels too long here. Um, it might have been, oh, I know who exactly who it was. Uh, Mark Poulos, you know, big Mark Poulos out oh, of yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the reason I remember that is his wife had had a baby that Tuesday prematurely. So they're in the hospital. Oh. And so he drove wow. home after the Saturday night show. He goes, hey, could you kind of, you know, either be quiet or maybe go somewhere today? I got to sleep all day. I'm going to drive back to Minneapolis. It's like 10 hours uh, after the second show. Jeez. So he gets in his car and drove through the night through a snowstorm. That guy's a hero. Yeah. Um, and I'd met him before. Uh, did either of you guys work the last comic standing show here? Yep. Yes. I did. Yep. Uh, the single greatest show I will ever be a part of. Oh yeah. Cause that I host, I hosted awesome. that one 33 comics with three minute sets from all over the country. Yep. So it was their best opener, their best closer. And then a joke in between. Mm-hmm. And then I went back up and said, give it up for that guy. Here's this guy. And then I went and sat down again three minutes later. It was like two hours plus long yep. Wow. and it was exhausting. <clears throat> it was the funniest show. It was, yeah, because it was awesome. we use my iPad with a clock as a timer back in the sound booth because you could see it through the thing so that way people knew how much time right. they had left. And so I was standing outside of the sound booth, starting, stopping, 
starting, stopping. So yes, that yeah. was a very exhausting it show was. for it me was. too. Because they, uh, you know, all the comics were either headliners or features that had been invited to come in. The yep. NBC crew was here to take the video. Um, and it was, it was an amazing collection of comics in one place. Didn't you get to do a set at the very end or did you do a set? Well, I did. I got actually an extended set up front because I was the host. So right. I was originally just going to be in it because uh, I had just won the clash like a couple months before mm-hmm. and then came and did my first weekend. Uh, and again, that's, that's something that I want to talk to younger comics about is winning the clash feels great, but you probably went up after other comics in a great room coming Thursday for your first host set. <laughs> there's a, there's a reason very few clash winners are here today. Uh, and it's because of that. Um, but yeah, I, so I did a set up front, uh, and then, uh, apparently NBC wasn't interested in the story of a lawyer turned comedian. Because <laughs> uh, I think Nick Allen was the only one from that batch to make Richard. it on the show. No, to make it on the show. Yes, on the show. Yeah, yes, Richard, Richard made, and they both went, got the first call back. Yeah, yeah he went, they both went to LA, uh, but then Nick got on the show for a minute. Yep. Yep. That was probably good networking, though, for you, wasn't it? A little bit. Did you get to meet, some, I mean, 33 different comics or whatever, meet I, some guys from all over right away? I did, and I've worked with a handful of them since then, and the, the conversation goes exactly the same way. I'm like, hey, did you do a, a show in Omaha for Last Comic Stand? They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, how'd that show go? He's like, oh, it went really good, went really good. I'm like, do you remember who hosted it? And they're like, no, nah, I think it was some really tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> As they're looking at you. Yeah, while we're talking, and I was like, that was me. Oh, no kidding. That was you. And that's happened four times exactly like that. That's awesome. So I wouldn't call that networking. Uh, hey, they remembered a tall guy yeah, in Omaha. That's, well, yeah, I call it forget working. That's what they were doing. <laughs> so I have another question for you. And then it kind of stems back to what you said about the little side comments by, of your wife. So a, a lot of your stuff, your, your material up there, I'm always curious what percentage would you say is is you know is based off of actual stuff that happened to you? Because some of the stuff you say up there, I'm like, there's no way that stuff happened to him. And then you know, yeah. I, but every you know, all the material usually there's a kernel of truth in there somewhere. But I'm wondering how much do you usually embellish that story to make it as hilarious as it is on stage? Uh, it's quite a bit. Everything is everything comes from something, right? So there's some some nugget of truth in every one of those. Some are completely made up uh, based on one tiny thing. A, a good example, you guys have seen me tell it a million times, but the uh, the book club joke, right? Yeah, my wife's one of my club. favorite ones. I okay. love that one. What actually happened was I'm I'm, I'm going to pull the curtain aside. <gasps> I was uh, going to the bathroom just playing a video game. And I heard it in the other room on the Bluetooth speaker. And I went, oh, that was close. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And so uh, then my mind just started spinning. And so I put the rest of that story together. The rest of it's completely made up. Um, I have a version of that joke that I can tell at a church. Mm -hmm. It's just a totally different version with the same premise, the same concept. But every time I laugh at something or I see somebody laugh at something, part of my brain consciously or subconsciously says, okay, why was that funny? Um, and is that something that can be reproduced? Is there some way to tell that or, or capitalize on what was what just happened that I can get a bit out of? So I don't sit down and write like some guys can do. Uh, I can't just go to a coffee shop for an hour every Monday morning and write 10 jokes. Uh, I, I think it's awesome that, that people can do that. I will write nothing for two months and then f- five minutes of material in a day and a half. It just stuff will come to me in the car. I, I have to take voice notes like immediately. I have to immediately turn on my phone and say something because if I get home, I'll be like, oh, what was it. that thing I was thinking yeah. of? Yep. Like, ah. I've gotten out of the shower early 
to make a voice note because there's something hysterical I thought of. <laughs> so is that your comic brain looking to capitalize on that? Or is that the lawyer brain looking to capitalize on that? How can I exploit this? Uh, no, it's the, it's the combination. It's a combination. <laughs> the weird mix. Yes. And gotcha. It, it seems to me like a lot of people that do, cause I, I write pretty much like that. And the people that do their materials based on, you know, like you don't, you don't have just a wacky joke about, you know, you, it all is based on truth, like you said, to some point. So you have, you're waiting for those good things to happen that you realize, oh, it can be something like Yeah, that. like my kid might say something or do something, and the joke may end up being completely different from where it started, but there was just something about the juxtaposition of the phrase he used or the situation we find ourselves in that eventually, you know, I might work on it. And, and that's the hard part is I don't, open mics are tough to get to, and so, and I try not to do new stuff here, yeah. which I know drives you guys crazy, um, but, <laughs> but, uh, tell but a new I, joke for Grand Hello. I know, I know. Cause I'm like, well, the staff would like this one. Uh, but, uh, you guys aren't, you guys aren't paying customers. This is true. Um, <laughs> and you guys have seen me on this stage where I'll do something and it doesn't hit like I want it to. And then you'll see me immediately pull out an old favorite. Yep. Like I have this grab bag of jokes that I know work in any room and anywhere and I'll have something and I'll panic a little. I'm like, okay, that didn't hit. Oh. And so I'll go to book club or I'll go to the refrigerator or something like that. Yeah. One of my favorite things you've ever done here was you open for Donnie Baker, I believe. One of your jokes didn't hit. And then <laughs> you, you said something about it being a Donnie Baker crowd. I don't remember exactly what you said and they didn't get that either. Yeah. <laughs> we were in the back. That was the one where we're in the back like, Oh shit. <laughs> it was during book club at one point. You say some book club and then you said somebody, and Oh, it's a Donnie Baker crowd. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think I just, like I just said, I think I just said, are any of you ladies in a book club? And the room went quiet and maybe somebody aggressively went, no, <laughs> like I was accusing them of reading. Uh, and then later I told a joke and it took them forever to yeah, get it and start funny. laughing. And I think I said, well, there's that, that Donnie the Baker one. delay. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that was that's my the one. Because I came up to that show. I just to check it out. I don't remember why I was coming up, but I went in the back and I went to you. I was like, so how's the crowd? You're like, yeah, there's that Donnie Baker delay. I'm like, what? And then I watched it and then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see the Donnie Baker delay. <laughs> Great people. They, they loved him and he's coming back. I see. So yes. uh, oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 He's doing like a whole week in this time. Well, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I got kind of a late ad. Like I, I got a text from Colleen or Daisy and they said, hey, can you do, we're just doing a two-man show. Can you open for Donnie Baker? And I thought, man, you couldn't put two more right? different comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, this audience is going to get the bends going <laughs> from me to him. <laughs> well, it's not like your your jokes are super highbrow or super make you think or anything like that, but well, I have a far, just, far from I just his. don't tell them in front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do shows for groups of lawyers, and there's a totally different set <laughs> that I do. So the unfunny set. Uh, no, it's just, it, I mean, <laughs> you guys probably wouldn't get any of the jokes about the hearsay exceptions. Oh yeah. It's all the lawyer yeah. speak. Yeah. A bunch of inside baseball. Yeah. Look at yeah, this the, fancy man up here. He's telling mm-hmm. stories. <laughs> Using them big words. So, uh, so how many, uh, comics uh, have you on retainer to help them get out of club Dewey? Uh, you know what? <laughs> if I had one of the only regrets I have in my professional career is I, I never took up DUI defense. Because I could have made millions oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, between my comic friends and my just other chucklehead friends. Like, <laughs> I, like I've, I've done this in when, when, when I travel and people find out I'm a lawyer and it happens at this club over the, over time. Um, somebody will come up to me at some point and they're like, Hey, um, 
Hey, you're a lawyer, right? And I just want to go, whatever it is, I can't help you. <laughs> like, I don't do divorce. I don't do custody. I don't do criminal defense. I don't said, do any of the fun stuff. I said, if you've got a problem with a, an environmental super fund site, which would surprise me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but lay it on me. What do you got? Not once have they said, um, yeah, so I'm having a little trouble with my NEPTES permit. Uh, <laughs> is there any way you could look at uh, my outfalls and uh, see if my sodium level's okay? I'm like, well, that's very surprising what you're a door guy (laughs) (laughs) so not expecting that so you don't do immigration asking for a friend (laughs) (laughs) i do not we do have one of my partners does though so if you've got somebody uh that that needs some help yeah i think i might know somebody she'd be be a bunch I've I've got a cigar question. Okay, because lots of times I you you like to Keep smoke it a cigar, clean, on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you like to smoke a cigar on the patio, and you've shared with me before. And I like I th- I have fun doing that. What is the coolest? And because you usually bring a couple, is there a really cool famous comic that you've smoked a cigar with? Who's the? Have you shared a cigar with a real? Uh, no, I mean I've I've smoked a cigar with Larry the Cable Guy out there, but I don't know that we that were, would count to me. I don't as I cool. didn't even know if it was with <laughs> him. It was about him. <laughs> we were on we were near each other, and Colleen introduced us, and we chatted for a few minutes. Um, and you were both smoking. And we were both smoking. That counts. So it was that. Um, but no, there's really not. I mean, you got what Ron White out there. I mean, Dusty Slay actually, who just had a baby. If you are listening, congratulations, Dusty. Uh, he smokes cigars. We talked about it. We just didn't get. He was fresh off as surgery yeah had, so he didn't he wasn't down for that no uh yeah no but i haven't smoked a cigar with uh with too many of them uh i'd like to there's lots of them out there they're fun to hang out with marge takis from the untamed shoes used to smoke she loved i'm sure she still does smoke cigars and when she would come into town that was always she had her cigar buddies she, she would always go to uh nickelby's nickelby's yeah yep, and that's where she would go and and so i was like you know what'd you do today she's like oh nothing just hung out with the boys at the cigar bar smoking cigars all day that was not, that's not out of character for her. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's very much right up her alley. Yes, yes. <clears throat> you have any more questions there, buddy? <clears throat> About the cigars? Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> you obviously <laughs> like them. <laughs> I was going to say. You know way more about cigars. I'm like a $5 cigar bin guy. Uh, but I know, do like smoking after show. Yeah, I think there's, it, cigars are like wine, right? At some point. It's real cheap. And then there's a bunch that are kind of in the same price point, anywhere from like 8 to 20 I'm not going to be able to tell you the difference between an $8 cigar and a $20 cigar. And then you get up to like the, the really expensive ones. I'm not sure what the point is, but I'm not going to say any brands uh, unless they're going to pay you guys for it. Good call. <laughs> so, We're not sponsored by any cigar company. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're open for business. Uh, uh, but no, I do like cigar. I don't smoke very often. I'm very, I'm very seasonal. Like I'll smoke in the spring, in the fall, when the weather's super nice outside. And then I'll go four months without picking one up. Um, so it's just, it's, it's become my way. Like I don't drink anymore now. So it's become my way to like still do the adult thing with <laughs> like, like if people want to go have a drink. I mean, you could do your own taxes. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. There's other he things. Doesn't. There's other things you can do. <laughs> Be a big brother. <laughs> but like if people want to go have a drink, I'm like, oh, well, let's go to, uh, what's the one Copacabana. Yeah. Let's go there after the show and then I'll smoke a cigar and Got you it. guys can get drunk and smoke cigars. Got it. God, I see what you mean. You you want you need a vice to fit in. Yes, a vice. Yeah, because 
I did like doing bad things for a long time. (laughs) You still like it. Pretty ominous. (laughs) (laughs) You still enjoy it. I feel like that should be followed by a question to me about what the statute of limitations is on certain (laughs) crimes. Do you know those? Uh, uh, Murder is, uh, there isn't one. So uh, that's, I think that's where we were going, right? Let's (laughs) cut to the chase. (laughs) Okay, take a step down. (laughs) This is not in your lawyer realm. We already covered that, but I've I've wondered this lately about uh, comics that have DUIs and then get JFL. Because Canada, a DUI is a felony, correct? Uh, It is. And I think the way Canada works is if you have a DUI within, I think it's five years, you can't go into Canada. So, Oh, it's just five. Yeah, I think it's five. Last time I looked at that uh, for somebody, that's what. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been asked that question uh, by a comic who was going to submit. And they're like, hey, this is a really weird question. I'm like, that's actually an interesting one. So I looked it up. But you don't need to be a lawyer to look that up on the internet. Um, well. It'd be a very, very adult thing for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> You'd even do it while smoking a cigar. I'm, yeah. I'm wow. at seven just to put out there now. So seven I'm, DUIs. I'm not going to get JFL, <laughs> but if I could, I could go. Uh, yeah. So you're, so you're going to blame the legal system for why you can't get into just for laughs. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do the classic comic thing and blame yeah. something else. There you go. Yeah. It's yeah. not my funny. Yeah, well, my fault. It's, it's against that, the law for me to go into just country. for laughs. New, new faces. <laughs> yeah, do I, I want to get picked up by representation? Yeah, I would, but the law won't let me. <laughs> Stupid Canadian laws. I quit writing new jokes five years ago. I can't get to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on today is this week we have the the mustache yeah. comedy comp Commodore Com- comedy contest. And yeah. You, you've been doing this for how many years now? It's a fundraiser. Yeah. So it's part of mustaches for kids, Omaha. And real briefly, what we do there is a bunch of us get together. We shave down clean shaven. And then for 30 days we go just a mustache. It's too bad. This is a podcast, uh, because it's my mustaches. We'll post pictures on the socials. Pretty glorious. It is um, looking good. And so, uh, and then we raise money for a local children's charity and it started 13 years ago in Omaha. We started the Omaha chapter as a joke, right? We wanted to grow mustaches and drink beer once a week. Like, <laughs> if we tell our wives it's for the kids, they have to let us. Yeah, <laughs> right? And it worked. <laughs> they let us. And then we just started growing. And now Omaha is the biggest chapter in the country. We have over 300 guys that do it this year. And last year we raised, during the pandemic, we raised $760,000. Oh, wow. Just the Omaha one. Just the Omaha chapter. Wow. Yeah. Growing That's mustaches. Awesome. It's insane. Um, but every year is part of that. And I think this will be my ninth year doing it. I think it's the sixth or seventh year here at the Funny Bone. Uh, I, I run a comedy contest. Uh, I have five comics that I've chosen uh, to come in every year. They're all solid comics, not an open mic thing. They're people I've known, seen, trust. And they'll come in. The audience votes on a winner. And then last time's uh, two years ago's winner, Ty Ingram, will close the show out. And you may even get to hear from your new door guy. <laughs> Tyler Walsh is on that show. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tickets that. are 10 bucks. You have to go to my website. You can't buy them through the funny bone. So it's Chris Covey.com. K R I S C O V I the worst name in the world, uh, <laughs> com, And uh, you can buy your tickets there, but uh, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, it's always a fun show. Uh, the club is just awesome. Colleen lets me come in here and do this on a dark night every year and uh, doesn't charge me anything for it. So all that money gets to go to the kids and, 
So the staff comes in on a night they don't have to work, and we really appreciate that. So do you take like donations here as well? Like, do you have like a bucket or a pass the hat, or is there something like silent auctions or anything like that here during yeah, the show? So I've never worked one. Oh yeah, so we'll have two or three silent auction items uh, or no raffle items. So we've got a couple of really cool things uh, that we will raffle off. So there okay. is a way to donate, or uh, you can just go if you can't make it to the show and want to donate. You can just go to uh, m4komaha.com and to make a donation if folks are interested. Our charity partners this year are North Star and In Common, two, go- two groups that are essentially, to, to boil it down, they're tackling poverty in North Omaha. Oh, so, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. That's uh, this Wednesday. I don't know when, is this going to come out by Wednesday? <laughs> yes, it'll be out uh, tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. Oh, great. So when, when you get that extra 100 people, you know, uh, ticket sales, you know, it came from us. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? You got to take those metrics to the cigar company when you're marketing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that would be a very adult thing for Tyler to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler, you're our cigar contact. Get on that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a little pushback there. Yeah. yeah. A little hesitation. I sm- yeah, I go trashy <laughs> in every aspect. I, yeah, I forget that. Well, I'm now, not with your haircut. You got that fancy salon haircut. Oh yeah, I throw <laughs> people. You were actually you helped me on this stage not all that long ago, and I was actually wearing this shirt. I do remember that shirt. Yeah. I was I was with Kobe. He was featuring, and I was opening, and I had like a cowboy shirt under this. But I kept this on and did a set where I did not connect. <laughs> I, I had a terrible set. And I came back off and took it off. He said, yeah, I don't think people believe you when you have, when you look. Because I had the hard part. On. I had the sweater on. And he's like, I don't think they believe you. And I went back up, shirt tucked in, you know, all hill jack. And they <laughs> believed me that time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I love I love the joke you did about the haircut, uh, the, the the Tinder joke with a haircut right up front because it explains why you've got that haircut, but then you look like and act like the rest of your set. Um, that's another thing that a lot of a lot of newer comics don't put a lot of thought into is you need to look like your act, not like a cartoon character. But I've done some shows where I go up in a hoodie and. It doesn't work because I'm going up there telling dad jokes and telling, right. uh, you know, I'm almost 50, but I look like uh, like some 20 something comic and it doesn't work. Just like, you know, other people go up and, you know, they're dressed really clean cut, really nice. And then they tell a bunch of weed jokes. I'm like, this isn't working. Um, I was babbling a dry spell at the time. A, a dry spell of what? Just life. Oh, <laughs> that's why I was trying to look nice. <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. But you're right. You, Yeah, you nailed that on just matching your, you know, not believing you. And just get, especially if you're opening or doing a short set, you don't have a lot of time for the audience to figure you out. If I'm headlining, it doesn't matter what you look like. Eventually the crowd's going to find your rhythm. Right. But if you're not up there very long, you need to let them know, you know, first impressions, you know, they look at you and they're like, okay, I've already assumed 10 things about this person before they open their mouth. That happens on clashes too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, exactly. like, like, I mean, when I'm making notes, because, you know, a lot of these names, I don't know the, you know, these local guys. And so I'll write down something, usually what they're wearing, you know, you know, red shirt, black hat, whatever. And sometimes the things I'm writing are the things that's, you know, that's the first thing that stands out. And, you know, it's like, why did you choose to wear that on stage? You, you know, you've, like you said earlier, you got five minutes. Don't waste the time greeting the audience and, you know, be conscious of what you're wearing. Yeah. You know, no red shirts. Yeah. I've got a whole list of things <clears throat> that if a uh, new comic that's trying to get into a clash wants my advice on, uh, because for a long time I was the only comic that won a clash and then started working here. Yeah. It was a really dry spell after that. Cause like I said, it's one thing to come from a clash, which are great shows to go into 
a Thursday night with 45 people out here, mm-hmm. most of which back in the day were probably on comps, and <laughs> you go up and you're the first person, and then they panic. Their first few jokes don't hit like they did at the Clash, and they panic, and you can just tell they, they just don't have the stage time to deal with that, and that's it. I mean, you're not going to get a Friday night sold-out show. You're not opening for Segura right. uh, coming off a of Clash. Well, and see, the idea behind those clashes is that they're supposed to bring their friends and family out to those shows. So that way they'll have people that, you know, you put the plants in on those shows. Right. You know, get people out there that's going to laugh at you. So that way it looks good for you. Don't just come out with no one to support you. I mean, yes, it's great. You had 50 people out here for the clash. But when you win, bring those 50 people back for the next show. Yeah. So that way, you know, it looks good. And then, you know. Because you've got to have somebody laughing at your first few jokes. Yeah. Especially coming out of that right off the loud, uh, you know, music and everything. Mm -hmm. If you get up there, especially a newer comic, if your first few jokes miss, it's really hard to know what to do then. Right. Because they've been to shows. They're like, this is the funny bone. The crowds always laugh at the funny bone. That's yeah. their experience. But that's not always true. No. Uh, it's not true at all. <laughs> uh, not even close. Not true. Uh, <laughs> Sunday night shows. Uh, I, I never minded the Sunday night shows, but the type of crowd that would come, like a lot of headliners would really struggle to start. They're, by the time they're headlining, they, they recover quickly. Yeah. But, uh, but after coming off Saturday late night show, then they hit the Sunday crowd, and it's like, whoa, okay. This is a very <laughs> different group of people here tonight. <laughs> Yeah, you used to work a lot of Sundays, Davis. I, I, I didn't like to work Sundays. I didn't want to have one day where I didn't have to work either job. But Yeah, I worked a Sunday one time with, um, I want to say it was Willie Farrell maybe, and that there was literally maybe 20 people here. This whole uh, row here in the front with um, the back on the tables was where all everyone sat. He had us turn up the lights, and he went to every, because he does a lot of crowd yeah. work, he went to every single table and had a conversation with them. It was a great show yeah. for, for me back here. There, obviously, the atmosphere for him probably wasn't the best, but he's also a lou- more of a Vegas lounge right. type guy, so he handled it very well, but... I've seen it where Sunday nights, there's not a lot of people like that in here where they don't, they're like, what the, what's going on here? And you see them struggle on stage like you're talking about because they just came off Saturday night where it was a packed house. The energy's crazy. And it's kind of like, ah, this is how I'm in in the week. And, and, and coming off of four weekend shows, if uh, you're doing 45 or 60 minutes, even though that doesn't sound like a lot of time, that's mentally exhausting for a headliner, no matter who you are. Oh, yeah. 45 to 60 minutes, four shows in two days. That takes a lot out of you. And then you get here Sunday, and the audience isn't giving you the energy you need. It, it, can, it can really struggle. Well, and you know, after sitting around all day and waiting for that one show, and that's a different mentality as well. Right. And Willie's such a professional. I mean, yeah. you know, he's been doing it for years, and he's the only comic that, that wants a one-minute light. You light him at one minute, he wraps it up, and he's done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just because that's just how he is. And I, I did a show with him in Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I always get those two confused. Cedar Rapids. Rapids. Um, and the, the room there has a very low ceiling, and I am very tall. And it was, <laughs> uh, it was a sold-out show because the local like Coors distributorship was having their holiday party there. Okay. And so uh, I had gone up before the show, and I put a Coors light in the ceiling panels. And then halfway through my set, I like ran out of beer because mm-hmm. I don't drink much on stage, but it was a more of a prop that night. I'm like, oh man, I need another beer. And somebody's like, oh, I'll get you one. And I'm like, no, no, I got it. And reached up into the ceiling <laughs> and, <laughs> and pulled it down. <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that here. No, no. I couldn't even get those balloons down that <laughs> Colleen was still mad at me about. Yeah. From New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Kobe worked our New Year's Eve show and uh, decided it would be, we had big 2021 balloons, a two, a zero, two and a one and Kobe thought a good idea after the ball drop to just 
attack this thing and punch oh, it, it and beat the crap out of it. And that then that it kind of energy from you <laughs> flew up in the ceiling and just sat there for months. And I thought they were down. Cause I said it, I sent her a note the next day. I'm like, Hey, sorry, those balloons got off the rails, but uh, you know, I've got a guy, I've got a guy with a ladder and it we was can, the balloons fall. It was <laughs> typical yeah. comic blaming something else. I, I, sorry. I couldn't catch them all. Uh, <laughs> and balloons, not Pokemon. Yeah, that's right. I'm a parade. <laughs> uh, and so I said, I'll come up there with a guy and she's like, Oh, don't worry about it. We got it. And then I didn't hear anything about it until, I don't know, three weeks ago. She sends me a picture of some of you guys had yeah, gone Brian up there finally and got gotten it. them. So our original plan was me and Brian both have throwing stars at home. So we were going <laughs> yes. to do it. Yes. Of course you do. <laughs> the, only, the only question is why are they at home? <laughs> you don't have your concealed carry? <laughs> I don't. I don't. The day that we brought them up here to have our contest, uh, who could get it down, um, they already got it down with the ladder by the time we got here. So oh. we were disappointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that would have been awesome. I'm it sure Colleen would have so loved fun. that. <laughs> and then you would need the ladder to get the throwing stars out of the wall. Yeah. I kind of figured Brian would have them tucked into his boot at all times. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, those are those little knives. Yeah. Those little <laughs> throwing <laughs> knives in there. Yeah, yeah. I got a little spring-loaded contraption. Uh-huh. Well, I can't use them to defend myself because I feel like it would just make uh, someone like an intruder or somebody angry. If you gotta <laughs> yeah, like what? Like what's that? Ow. What did you do? <laughs> that hurts. So you got to use them to get balloons down or things. <laughs> Pop pool floats. That's what we do with our old pool floats. I let the kids throw them at them. Good dad. Nice. Yeah. That's very 80s. <laughs> this this would be more probably when you were early on and hosting like things that have lots of comics on it. But have you ever had in being a six eight comic, uh how many awkward mics stand uh situations have you had? Where it's a five foot tall person and then you well, actually, I'll tell you the first time I met Brad Williams, who's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's uh, you know, who's, who's short, uh, a lot short, uh, he's very short. I met him actually after his show, he was over at, at a local lounge again. I don't want to step on any sponsors. Um, <laughs> and we're talking and I was like, oh man, it's such a great set. And, uh, and we get to talking. He's like, Hey, next time I'm in town, you know, tell Colleen, you want to open for me. I think that'd be funny. And I'm like, yeah, that would be really funny. So that happened. So he comes up and. The first time I bring him up, I, I torque the mic stand like, <laughs> nice and tall, but, but like I torqued it down real tight. And, and I walk off stage and he goes up there and he can't get it. And then the audience starts laughing at him and he just turns and just flips me off. <laughs> and then eventually gets it down and he comes off stage. And he's like, that was hysterical. Do it every night. <laughs> and then I took a selfie with him, but it was just me. <laughs> and I said, I said, Hey, look at the, look at this selfie. And he goes, Oh man, you're a dick, <laughs> but send me that. <laughs> That's awesome. He is absolutely one of my favorite guys. Oh, I, yeah. I, when people are like, like he's one of the only guys I will come up and watch when I'm not working. Right. Cause we spend so much time with comics. I rarely just go see a show. There's a list of maybe 10 of them that come through here and I will go see them when they're, when I'm not working and he's on that list. Yeah. I have, comics that are that way because you know with me only working thursday nights i don't get to see everybody and so yeah there's a, a list of oh this person's in town i gotta be up there yeah, and they're not big national names no you know yeah it's chris porter ryan hamilton yep. brad yep. williams like chris guys that one for me yeah, yeah this is similar to so mine. good and and they and every time every single time they just crush like they never have you can tell there's newer stuff that they're still working through but it, mm-hmm. it's buried between gold and so you don't even realize it's right. like you need the break 
Yeah. Like when, when Brad gets up there and starts preaching at the crowd, I mean, he, he like whips him into a frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to get him back here soon. He is. I, I think he's yeah, on the calendar. He's coming back in uh, August. Yeah. Oh, and then sweet. Porter's in November. Yeah. New Porter is yep. on there. I yeah, and I, and I see Ryan Hamilton again on, is coming yes. too. Is he? Yep. Yeah. And Donnie Baker. Yeah, <laughs> Why did you lump him in with them? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he had a good list going. Uh, hey, that's a, it's a great way to, you know, he does, he does puts in the work on YouTube and that's one of the, oh, one yeah. of the new paths to yes. success. Build your fan base, sell tickets. Yep. Clubs will have you. Well, I think didn't trailer park Tammy sell out in like uh, three hours. Oh, yeah. Her crowd. And we, I think we talked about it last show was the loudest crowd that i've ever heard here Vinny said ever. in his 17 years he's never i mean it was like a wrestlemania is what it, was. <laughs> wow. really, it what, really was it, it was, really was oh yeah it was, it was concert level loud and there was only 200 people in here wow and they got i mean as soon as i dropped the lights like you, you know you've oh yeah i was up and, out at the podium I, and i was like what's going on i don't think he did the announcements because they were like ah! like right when he dropped like yeah. the lights down to get ready. yeah it was and crazy. then i started to do the then i the video started and they went again and then then the screen starts going up. They went again. I started doing my intro. They yelled again. And then... Well, do you know how hard it is for those NASCAR drivers to hear you cheering? <laughs> <laughs> you got to have some volume. True, it is loud. <laughs> that had to be a great beer sales night. Yes. It was. Yeah, not a lot of uh, mixed drinks. <laughs> not a lot of Cosmos up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, and Tammy was... She was a super uh, nice lady. Not Very that she nice. wouldn't be, but... I watched her through that little diamond in the door and she gets in character like a wrestler. She stood out there and she put her cut off sleeve shirt and had her hair slicked back and you could see her like kind of pacing in the hall and then she'd like bow up and then walk out like she was walking to the ring and everyone was just wow. out of their chairs going nuts. So it was uh, it was real crazy. Yeah. And I'm going to start doing that. When, you should. I think <laughs> when, first when the YouTube... I, I don't, I think it was Chingo Bling or something. Yeah. My, yep. He was one of the first ones that came up here. And I, same with the Midnight Swinger guy, I'm not on board right away. I'm like, I don't understand what's going to happen because they make videos. You know, how's it going to correlate? But mm -hmm. I give them their props because people show up and they make money and they're touring around and people love it. Yeah. Like, no, people want to love it. People want to be around famous people. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I worked. Even YouTube famous. Even YouTube famous. But even, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve-O, right? Yeah, right? Can't sell enough. Can't sell enough seats to Steve-O. No. Uh, and because of a long, I mean, he's not necessarily the best comic I've ever seen. No, but it doesn't no, matter. He's just telling yeah, crazy stories. He's just yeah. selling. He's selling yeah. out. Selling I don't even think everything. he I mean, I don't know if he even writes material. I don't think so. You know, I don't has know. Mick Foley ever come here? Yeah. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never seen him, but yeah, I mean, he's good. He same thing. Lots of stories, wrestling stories. Yeah. And, and then there's people that really surprise me. Like when I saw, I don't think he's been here in a long time, but when I saw Bobcat Goldthwaite, mm -hmm. his set was genius. I was not ready for that. I knew he wasn't <laughs> yeah. going to do police Academy the whole time, yeah, but right. he acknowledged it. He gave the crowd enough of that so that they were like, you're not waiting for the end, right? I'm not going to wait and play. Don't stop believing at the end <laughs> and go into that character. But then he went into some really cerebral stuff, but mm -hmm. he delivered in a way that was like, Oh, this guy was a brilliant standup before he started doing voices on police Academy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and he's a director too. Like yeah, he's we, made a bunch we of, showed a couple like, of his weird movies, films and, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was just. It was one of those where I was really surprised by how good he was, how polished and like professional. Because a lot of those guys, their actors may have been stand-ups a long time ago, mm -hmm. and you can just tell they're not. They just aren't touring, and they're not. They don't have that polish that you see from some of these folks. But yeah, he was one that I remember. He was awesome. 
Yeah. I, you know, and he's real good friends with Colleen. I mean, you know, who, who isn't, but right. <laughs> um, but no, I think, uh, and if they're not, they'll tell you they are yeah. <laughs> They're smart enough to know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, you know, she doesn't really like you, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could probably devastate some guys when I go on the road and I work with them. Cause that happens every time. Where are you from? Omaha. Oh, you know, Colleen. And, and now more and more, you know, Colleen and Daisy, right? She's starting to, you know, yeah. To get the same reputation. And, uh, yeah, I should try that. She'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I asked her about you, and she's not a fan. <laughs> Have you been back for a while? Yeah. There's Always. a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've asked her a couple times about comedians that I enjoy, and she hasn't, and she doesn't enjoy them, and then it becomes a very awkward conversation. And I'll be like, uh, so... Well, how come, you know, like Doug Stanhope never comes through? She, her face will change. I'll be like, oh, dang it. <laughs> and wrong I said name. the wrong name. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. doesn't come through here. <laughs> he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much, how much effort it takes to get on her naughty list, but uh, I imagine it's tough to get off. It, oh, yes. It, 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 you can be put on it, and, uh, you know, it, it, she's very forgiving, so it's not, you know, you have to do something pretty good, and then, yeah, once you're on it, you're on it for a while. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, local guys who we don't see anymore because they've been, you know, on that naughty step and uh, have yet to get off. <laughs> it, it, it will it happens. hurts to just get Jesus Christ advice. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, was hilarious. I'm new to that club. That was hilarious. Yeah, you were uh, you ha- you're having trouble remembering table numbers. <laughs> There's Dan. This guy, this guy's getting real nervous around here because Colleen's throwing some, some shit. I got some real out. open disgust. He come back up. I was happy it was out there though, and not about up there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I think you could survive being fired as a door guy. <laughs> he can, every time he come back up, she's like, "Ugh, this guy again." <laughs> it could be worse. I mean, if she, if she really doesn't like you, she banishes you to Denver. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's saving up to go to Denver soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's what a reason you, why. Are, um, maybe you don't want to be too namey, but who would say, oh. <laughs> who would you say is your favorite headliner you've ever featured for or would work with? Or oh, just maybe a man. couple that are in your top. Well, you want to work super with Super excited. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I've already said a few of them. I really like Chris Porter. I really like Ryan Hamilton. Um, I like Brad Williams. Uh, I don't think I ever hosted for him, but I really like hanging out and watching Josh Blue. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's terrific. I don't, I don't have a lot of experience with the, like the, the Seinfeld level guys, you know, the, the Patton Oswald. Uh, um, so it's, it's that not, not a household name level comic, but there's some road dogs that, well, but they're almost, they are, uh, but they're, they're like a step above that. I'm not going to say, you know, a list B list C list. Cause it, it's right. too, too subjective, but um, yeah. And then there's, but, but really there's been very few headliners I've worked with that I was like, I wouldn't want to do that again. Mm. Like it's, it's, they're, they're really, they're really few and far between. I think most of the comics that come here are happy to be here. Uh, you know, I've heard that from them that they're like, yeah, this club's reputation nationally is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll re- list off four or five other clubs that are, you know, people really want to come here. Like that has a good reputation. I think Pat McGann was just here and he'd never been. And he's like, I've heard about this club for years and was thrilled to come here. So. So yeah. it's interesting. Those comics that have heard about us, but n- never get here. And, and you know, 
for a while there, we would have the same several comics, you know, throughout the rotation throughout the year. And then every now and then we'd get a new one. And then, you know, lately we'd been getting newer ones. And it's like, you know, you, you get used to seeing all the same guys over and over again. You forget that there's, you know, thousands of other right. comics out there yeah. that have been hearing about us like Pat McGann for years. I mean, I've, I've Bobby been, Lee, right before the pandemic, he had been scheduled here for years and yeah. he's someone that I always wanted to see. And then he finally came and he was like, I can't believe I've been canceling coming yeah. here. He's yeah, like, he this also, place is awesome. He mentioned on uh, his podcast, he had TJ Miller on there and he goes, Oh, I just did this club in uh, Nebraska. He goes, Oh, the funny bone. Like, and then TJ Miller, like they're both like just raving about it. Yeah. Like how great it is and Colleen and all this. And, well, Joe Coy, a few years back on Adam Carolla's podcast, said this was his favorite club in America. Yeah. So. And we used to get Joe a lot. Yeah. And now he's coming to uh, another I bigger wasn't, venue. I wasn't going to bring that up. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, but that happens, though. I mean, you know, we get guys coming through. I mean, you know, look at Burt Kreischer. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, I, I was talking about this on Friday night with some people. You know, I was in here when Burt was having 150 people in here, and most of them were comp tickets. And look at him now, you know, right. world tours right. and arenas and all stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's good to see these guys, but, you know, but on the up. other, but on the other side of that, <clears throat> there are guys that will come here and they're in, they're doing arenas and those like mid-level arenas in their, on their tour. And then they'll do the funny bone in Omaha, you know, like, yeah. like a TJ right. Miller right. or, or even a Burt Kreischer, yep. like they'll do the smaller room. Who was it? Was it Billy Gardell last year or two years ago? Yep. Yes. Billy TV guy. Yep. He was only doing like one club in the Midwest mm-hmm. and this was it he yep. did like a Tuesday night here. And that's the other thing I've noticed about the calendar over the next few months is it's more one-off shows and, and like two night shows. Like there's just a lot more different comics than usual. Cause it used to be right. Thursday to Sunday. Here's your headline. Here's your feature. And then right. repeat the next week without fail. Like you hardly ever had a Wednesday show. They never canceled a Sunday show. Mm-hmm. Now it's, you got a Tuesday one off and then Tammy comes on a Wednesday and then you got a Thursday uh, and then a, f- a Friday, Saturday headliner, or maybe this headliner is not going to be here Saturday. I'm, I'm working with Jeff Allen in a couple yeah, of weeks. He's only on one night. Yeah, one, one night, one night. show. Yeah. Um, and then next night is somebody else. So yep. it's just, it, it's very, that's very big city. When you look at their calendars, it looks like that. Like all these comics just popping in and out, which is very cool. And well, I also wonder how much the pandemic plays into that too. You know, you got these yeah. guys trying to get out and, and yeah. I'll do a Tuesday show. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> I need right. to exactly. work. <laughs> yeah. And some of them don't want to stick around. I mean, you know, we're open up here now, but you know, there's some places that, you know, the, the rates are still up high and they're like, I don't want to be there for four days. Right. Right. Yeah, so it's a very cool calendar coming up. Yeah, check it out, omaha.funnybone.com. Well, we should uh, wrap this up here with um, a little Cheeto challenge. Would you be willing to stuff Cheetos in your mouth? Uh, it's always it, your option. I was going to say, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't, right. I don't think I'm going to fare very well based on <laughs> past performance. You can do better than Nick hey, Allen. Uh, well, no, Josh no, Potter's in it, though. Josh Potter's in it, Three. Three. Wait, he wasn't hungry? Is it because he kept eating them? <laughs> yeah. No, this is the he best. Did, did he even eat them? No, he didn't. He just had a little mouth. That's what yeah. he said. Yeah, because I got a very little mouth, so I probably won't do good in this. Yeah, he called it at the beginning, and yep. he was right. You know, I thought he was just whining. And all right, what are the rules here? I just. So uh, you have to stuff these Cheeto puffs in your mouth. They can be halfway out. Um, you can't break any of them. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see how many you get in there. And we're kind of the judge if they're in halfway or not. We're a lot lenient, a lot more lenient than we used to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the trick here, Tyler? 
Tyler does have a uh, good. Just what put him in. in. Just uh, get him in there. Andres is the Ask king. Andres, he has like king. sixteen. Yeah, I got sixteen. Oh, oh the flaming hot ones. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. He goes around bars and tells it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the That's first one, and he's tucking it in like a chew. I like that technique <laughs> on the left side. Now we're at two. Here's number two. Yeah, you, you, you'll need both hands for that. Oh, yeah. You got a good, you got a good pace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Brian now who, like, stuffed them all in at once tied, or something. Heather Jones did, too. Now <laughs> we, we tied Josh Potter. <laughs> oh, Does anyone have the, the number? I lost Nick track. Allen, this is four. four. We're in That's Nick Allen thought. territory. You're going to have to dry clean that mustache. I'm <laughs> 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 not supposed to make them laugh with the Cheetos in their mouth. Get Cheeto long that way. <laughs> and then we go for number five. There we go. Uh, I mean, he's doing for a guy who didn't think he could do it. I know. I mean, he's right on par there. About to go over. Get that in the Pete middle, Richard, there. right here. There's a whole lot of people he's leaving behind with this sixth one. Yep. Do you have all, Do you have all these memorized? <laughs> I have a lot of them. <laughs> Everybody's <right. laughs> I don't have a lot to do. Hit number seven. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, look, he's got more room there than he thought. This is great. Yeah, this is. <laughs> It's a good showing. <laughs> He's going for number eight. Oh, there we go. That's the chew one. I mean, the, eight. The elasticity of his lips is real. I mean, I know the mustache <laughs> is not hindering him. No, at all. not at all. He's no. Oh, he's oh. struggling at number nine. <laughs> uh oh. He's trying to find a gap. There is a gap nine. there. Yep. Is it big enough? That's the, that's oh, the biggest <laughs> question. Uh oh. A little bit of gagging. Going for that number nine. Oh, that's oh, number that's nine. Pretty good. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. Number nine. Oh, this is, Can you get number this 10? This is huge. Ten, ten's, a, ten's a rough number. This is an unbelievable showing. I hit number 10. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. yeah, uh, we'll, yeah call that, we'll call that I number 10. That. I count that. Is that a whole bag? <laughs> that's a whole bag. <laughs> that's a whole mini bag. bag. There if you want to, <laughs> want to go for number 11. Yeah, there's another bag. If you think you got room. He's checking. Oh, he says maybe. <laughs> I guess we should open up both of those bags. There we go. Oh, he's room for 11. Oh, I think so. I think it he's is. Squeezing it yeah. in there. Oh, 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 is it going? Oh, <laughs> oh, stretch those lips out. This is really the only reason we have you on here. <laughs> like Cameron talked about last week. <laughs> That's eleven. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, oh, he's going for twelve. Going. No, little two. Oh man, you're hammered. (laughs) Oh, he's tapping out at eleven. Eleven. Wow. (laughs) Up there in the upper levels. Oh. And you remember the back this time? uh, Good job, uh, Davis. Yeah, I did. I didn't bring a napkin though, so I'll have to run and get one of those. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are so stupid. <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm a 48 year old father of three. I go to. I'm going to argue in front of the Supreme Court of the state of Nebraska in a few weeks, and you just got me to shove Cheetos in my mouth. Eleven of them. Uh, you think I should be proud? Yeah, it's impressive. Yes. Proud of that? Yes. In this environment right here, yeah. you should be very for proud. this realm. When you yes, leave, you can be yeah. ashamed. When you, I got, I got a suggestion. When you start off talking to the Supreme Court of Nebraska, lead with. Hey, 
Who can stick 11 Cheetos in their mouth? Cheeto puffs? Mm-hmm. This guy right here. <laughs> I will. And then you'll win. <laughs> May it please the court. My name is Chris Covey. I represent the appellant in this matter. You might know me from such things as shoving 11 Cheetos in my mouth on the Door Guys podcast. <laughs> the reason my client shouldn't get the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I have argued a few times with a mustache and my mustache has a name. We call it, we name our mustaches and mine's the Commodore mm-hmm. and, yeah, that's, <laughs> and, uh, and that's why the, it's called the Commodore comedy contest. Gotcha. And I've been tempted to introduce it. <laughs> like, good, e- good afternoon. Uh, my name is Chris Covey. May it please the court. Uh, this fellow on my lip here is the Commodore. I represent the, appell- I just want to slip it in, slip it in really fast. You think you could? No, no, I do not. No, no, I do not. A very adamant no. I don't know what the court would do, but I suspect that the call afterwards from my client would be uncomfortable. <laughs> um, hey, just wanted you to know, this is a $8 million matter for my company. Did you just introduce your mustache to the judges? <laughs> Show him the respect he deserves. That's right. <laughs> hey, it's a dang fine mustache. Yeah, it is. It's a real you good respect one. That. 90% of my hourly rate goes to the mustache. The rest of me, you're just getting for 10%. <laughs> well, besides oh, um, the show on Wednesday, that uh, maybe you can say the website again for the tickets. Um, do you have any other dates coming up, or you want to say your socials or anything before? Uh, yeah, I'm not great on social media. You can follow me at Chris Covey and Chris Covey against K R I S C O V I, uh, like the virus. And, uh, yeah, so I got, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great bit on stage, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm thrilled about it. Uh, yeah. So this Wednesday is the Commodore comedy contest. going to be a great show doors at six uh, show starts at seven. And then I'm back up here June 11th with Jeff Allen. I don't know if there's tickets still available for that. Um, again, just one show seven or seven thirty. Uh, so get your tickets for that. That'll be, uh, uh, That'll be a very clean show, I'm told. <laughs> I'm um, sure. And then uh, the 12th, I am actually no, I'm with uh, I'm with Dusty Slade uh, at a corporate event uh, that next night, which I'm really excited about. In Omaha? Nice. No, it's in Pana, Fall, City. Fall City. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh this weird. guy's the Booker over here. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> this guy. I was looking at Dusty Slade. Said five words old. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was looking at Dusty Slade's uh, Instagram the other day, and he had that on there. I'm like, oh, that's oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his uh, his manager, who lives in California part-time and then also has spent time in Falls City, mm-hmm. books a show there for a, a fundraiser every year. Uh, Tyler's been there to watch it. I'm doing uh, the second one. They're doing one with Karen Morgan, too, uh, this summer. Oh, okay. Like in a series. So. Oh, look at that. Yeah, you... Uh, yeah, that's how I, that was cool. I thought that was cool where I got to come down and you told me about it and I came down and hung out with Chris and got to meet Dusty Slay and Oh, nice. Watch wow. school gym. That's cool. It was in a, yeah, it's in like a high school auditorium, so it's a but it's a it's for a Catholic school and I love performing for Catholic fundraisers. <laughs> I do. Nobody drinks like they do. That's true. That is true. It's always a really fun crowd. Those those guys do it right. <laughs> so that, do you ever have to kick anybody out of a catholic uh show uh i don't kick anybody out of any corporate <laughs> do, they, they, do they do they i've i've not you seen, seen anybody it. walked out no i've not seen it it usually doesn't get nuts until afterwards like i went to one in some small town nebraska and what is one of those where i'm i didn't know what to expect i walked in there's probably 350 people uh in costumes like every table had a theme and they all had costumes and so i start my set and there's like two priests up at the very front table to the like stage right all the way over and I told some joke that was kind of religious based. And I kind of turned to one of them and, and asked him something. And, uh, and we got to talking and he's like, Oh, I actually went to Drake. 
because I'd mentioned I'd been to Drake University. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I said, what did you study? And he said something or like actuarial science. And I was like, so you must not have been that good at it. Well, <laughs> you're a priest now. And, uh, <laughs> and he was the f- driest, funniest dude. He just goes, well, actuaries pretty much predict when people die. So I thought this was a good profession. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a common thing that there's a lot of pageantry around uh, in the background of your, your comedy. You had the LARPers, you had the guys in costumes. Yeah, no, yeah. I like, awesome. to, I like <laughs> to do like some a, like a weird show. cosplay. <laughs> the audience dresses up. <laughs> so if you come to that Jeff Allen show, just wear a costume. Yeah, dress up. Yeah, that'd be Make great. it feel comfortable. Yeah, in drag would be perfect for that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being on the show man and uh, uh yeah i appreciate it you guys this yeah. was a lot of fun thanks chris and uh you can email us if you want we're on all socials and then we have door guys pod at yahoo.com and we're still sporting that yahoo email <laughs> thanks for listening everybody uh we'll be back next week thanks guys thanks